Chapter 23 of Fairy Stories My Children Love Best of All. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by James K. White, Chula Vista. Fairy Stories My Children Love Best of All by Edgar Dubbs Scheimer. Chapter 23 How Cassim Became King. A little orphan boy named Cassim lived with his uncle in a great city on the banks of a river in Persia. The street in which Cassim dwelt was very narrow, and the houses were small and mean. Cassim's uncle had a large family to support and had to work very hard to find enough food for all his children. One day he said to his nephew, You are now old enough to earn your own living, so take this bag of cakes and these ten pieces of money Make your own way in the world and do not come back here again. Cassim left the house and wandered through the city, seeking work. He had not gone far when he saw some cruel boys chasing a poor little white mouse. They were throwing stones at the little creature, which, in its fright, ran to Cassim for shelter. Cassim stroked it gently and said, Well, Mousie, since you have come to me for safety, I will see that nobody hurts you. The boys then came running up, and one of them cried, That mouse belongs to me. Give it to me, for I want to kill it. Not if I can help it, said Cassim. Why do you wish to harm such a pretty little animal? I will give you five pieces of money if you will give it to me. With that, the boy was well content. He took the money and went off with his friends. The white mouse was trembling with fright, but it thanked its new master prettily and said, I am only a poor, weak creature, but some day, perhaps, I shall be able to repay you for the service you have done me. Cassim put the mouse carefully in his pocket, and, giving it one of his cakes to eat, went on his way. Before long, he met a party of boys dragging along a little white dog, and he asked them, What are you going to do with this poor little creature? We are going to drown it in the river replied the boys. That is very cruel, said Cassim. See, here are five pieces of money. Take them and give the dog to me. The boys were only too pleased to do so, and Cassim went off with the animal, which frisked about him, showing its joy in every way that it could. Master, it said, good deeds never go without reward. A day will come when I shall be able to help you as you have helped me. Cassim tried everywhere to find work, but the city was so crowded with people that there was not enough work to go round. So the boy would soon have starved, but for the morsels of food which kind people gave to him and which he always shared with his pets. One day, as he was sitting near the gates of the city, watching some soldiers march through in their glittering armor, he heard the sound of bells. Soon a long line of camels appeared, laden with goods of all kinds. He found out from one of the people who stood by that this caravan belonged to some merchants who were traveling to a distant city. Cassim ran up to the chief of the merchants and asked if he might go with the caravan. Nobody seems to need me in this city, he said, but there are hundreds of ways in which a boy like me could be useful to you upon the march. Very well, said the merchant rather roughly. You may come if you like, 
I dare say we can make use of you. So Cassim took a seat on one of the camels and set off on his travels with his mouse in his pocket and his little dog under his arm. In time, the caravan crossed a great river and entered a broad desert where nothing was to be seen but yellow sand. Cassim soon began to wish that he had never left his native town, for the chief of the merchants was a bad man who treated him cruelly. He made the boy do all kinds of rough work and then beat him, even when the work was done quite well. So one day, when the camels reached a well of water, Cassim hid himself with his two pets among some thick bushes, and the caravan went on its way without them. When the merchants were quite out of sight, the boy crept from his hiding place, and as he had been many hours without food, he looked about for any scraps that the men might have left behind, but he could find nothing at all. Oh, doggy dear, he said, I fear I have brought you here to die of hunger, for there is not a morsel of food to be found. Do not worry about me, master, said the dog. I shall find something good for all of us. Never fear. And the mouse cried out in his little piping voice, Do not despair, master. We have at least plenty of water. Let us go and quench our thirst. So they all went off to the well to take a drink of water, and there by the side of the well they saw a silver fish shining on the sand. It was gasping for breath and almost dead, for it had jumped from the water to catch a fly and had been unable to reach its home again. Poor little fish, cried Cassim as he picked it up and dropped it back into the water. The fish lay quite still for a moment near the surface and then darted down into the depths of the well. Soon, however, it returned with a glittering ring in its mouth, and this it laid on the sand at the edge of the well close to Cassim's feet. You have saved my life, said the fish, and I am deeply grateful to you. As a reward, I have brought you this ring from the bottom of my well. Take good care of it, for it has magic powers. You have only to rub it, think of anything you want, and you will see it before you. So saying, the fish darted back again into the blue depths, without waiting for a word of thanks. Oh, this is really splendid, cried the dog, frisking about in delight. We shall all have a good dinner now, and without the trouble of cooking it. Yes, yes, piped the mouse. Rub the ring quickly, master, and see if it can do for you all that the fish promised. Cassim rubbed the ring, wishing at the same time for something to eat. At once a white tablecloth appeared, on which there were twelve silver plates, six covered with rich meats and six with delicious fruits. What a feast the boy and his two friends had. Now, master, said the dog, you must make good use of your magic ring. Rub it again, and this time wish for something grand. Ah, you must be more patient, said Cassim, laughing. We must not give this ring too much work to do all at once. Still, just to please you, I will wish once more. But my wish is such a great one that I do not think the ring will be able to grant it. Never mind, never mind, squeaked the mouse. Let us hear your wish. Well, said Cassim, I wish to find in the morning, in this desert place, 
a city with temples, lakes, and gardens. In the middle of the city I want a shining palace with plenty of horses, chariots, fine food, and all good things. I wish this well to become a broad river, flowing through the land and making it fruitful. And lastly, I wish the city to be filled with people, all ready to greet me as their king. This is indeed a great wish, said the dog. I think that the ring will be kept very busy tonight, if it is to do all that you ask before morning. Yes, said Cassim, smiling. And if it is half as weary as I am, I fear that very little of its work will be finished by daybreak. Then, tired out, he lay down to sleep with his friends by his side. When the boy opened his eyes in the morning, he thought that he was dreaming, for he found himself lying on a silken couch, around which stood forty richly dressed servants. Where in the world am I? he cried in surprise. Where should you be but in your palace, O king? replied the servants. Then Cassim remembered his wish, and knew that the magic ring had not failed in its duty. While he slept, a palace and a city had sprung up around him, with temples, gardens, and all other things which go to form a great town. A broad stream flowed over the land, and in one night an empty desert had been changed into a country full of people. The boy sent for a chariot and drove out into the city. Around him rode five hundred guards, all splendidly dressed and with drawn swords. Wherever he went, the people crowded to see him, waving their hands and shouting, Long live our king! Cassim lived happily in this fine palace, and his pets shared in the good fortune which had come to their master. The dog had a pretty little four-roomed house in the gardens, while the mouse had two tiny rooms inside the palace. They never knew what it was to be hungry, and they frisked and played all day long to their heart's content. Not quite a year had passed by when, one day, the very merchant who had treated Cassim so badly found this busy city where once there had been nothing but a lonely desert. He went to the palace and asked Cassim how it had all happened. The boy thought that he had nothing now to fear from the merchant, so he told him of the magic ring and how it had raised a palace and a city in a single night. That must be indeed a wonderful ring, said the merchant. Would it be asking too much of you to let me see it? Not at all, replied Cassim. Here it is upon my little finger. The merchant bent over the ring as if to look at it more closely. In a flash, he tore the ring from the boy's finger, and giving it a rub, wished the whole city to be carried to a distant island in the sea. No sooner had he uttered this evil wish than the magic city was whisked away through the air leaving poor Cassim and his two pets behind. There they stood, looking the picture of misery, and there beside them was the desert well, just as it had been nearly a year before. Cassim shed bitter tears at the loss of his beautiful city, but his faithful dog thrust his nose into his master's hand and said, Do not be so sad, dear master. You have lost your city, but you still have two little friends who will never forsake you. Yes, you have indeed, cried the mouse, running up the boy's leg and perching himself upon his knee. You saved our lives, 
when we were going to be killed by cruel boys. Now it is our turn. Trust to us, and we will recover for you all that you have lost. Thank you, you dear little creatures, said Cassim. Your kind words put new life into me, and I will no longer sit and weep like a baby. Let us set off in search of the lost city and the magic ring. So off they went and began their long journey in good spirits. They traveled on and on, through great deserts and over high mountains, but they could find nowhere a trace of the city for which they were seeking. After walking for about three months, they came to a wood near the seashore. As they were sitting at the foot of a tree making a meal of some morsels of food which had been given them, they heard a bird talking to a friend among the leaves. Today, said the bird, I flew over a palace in the sea so beautiful that I could not help staying to admire it. Did you indeed, said his friend, and where was this palace? If you look carefully over the waves, replied the first bird, you can just see it. Cassim was delighted when he heard this, for he knew that the palace could be no other than that which had been stolen from him. But how was he to reach it? He had no boat, and he could not swim. This is our chance to help you, said his dog. I can swim, and Mousie here is very nimble. He shall sit on my head, and I will carry him to that great city in the middle of the sea. If we cannot bring you back your magic ring, then we are not worth calling your friends. In a moment, Doggy was splashing his way out to sea, with Mousie sitting calmly upon his head. Night was falling before they reached the city and made their way to the palace. No one took any notice of them, and they easily found their way to the door of the room in which the merchant was sleeping. The door was bolted and barred, but this was no hindrance to the little mouse, who began to gnaw at the wood with such strength that in quite a short time he had made a hole in it, large enough for him to crawl through. He popped into the room at once and found the thief fast asleep in his bed. It was not long before he saw the magic ring, but he could not touch it for a very good reason. It was guarded by two fierce cats, which were chained to it, and which would have made a meal of poor little Mousie if they could only have reached him. It is quite clear that I cannot take the ring, said the little animal. I think I'd better run away and see what Doggy thinks about the matter. So back he went through the hole and told his friend what he had seen. I will tell you what you must do, said the dog. Set to work to gnaw the merchant's hair. Then he will have the cats chained to his pillow in order to keep you away. The mouse went back and did just as he had been told. The sleeper was so much annoyed at the tugs at his hair that he had the two cats chained to his pillow. No sooner had he fallen asleep again, then the mouse seized the magic ring and ran off with it as fast as he could. The two friends quickly made their way to the seashore and swam across the water to the place where Cassim was waiting for them. How pleased the boy was to have his ring again. He rubbed it without delay and wished the city back in its old place. In less time than it takes me to tell you, the city returned to where it had stood before. The people were pleased to see their king again, 
and Cassim ruled over them in the greatest happiness for the rest of his days. End of chapter 23 Recording by James K. White, Chula Vista